This is Generation Justice, a multiracial project that trains youth to harness the power of community through media, narrative, and critical consciousness. I'm Ariana Cordova. We want to remind you that this program broadcasts from the rightful lands of the Tiwa people. Tonight, we bring you an informative interview with Francie Cordova, Chief Compliance Officer for the University of New Mexico, and Dr. Angela Katina, UNM's Title IX Coordinator at the Office of Compliance, Ethics, and Equal Opportunity. They join us to discuss their office's work and explain what resources are available for university students and staff. Also on tonight's agenda, GJ joins programming for the KUNM Fall Fundraiser. We bring you the voices of GJ members speaking about how important it is that a platform like KUNM exists to create spaces where we can share our voices with you all. As you listen to Generation Justice tonight, please visit KUNM.org to make a contribution, which will help support GJ's impact at KUNM. You may also call 505-277-4483. One more time, that's 505-277-4483 and leave a message. A KUNM team member will give you a call back to take your contribution. Also, COVID-19 hospitalizations in the U.S. are increasing with no sign of slowing according to the latest data from the CDC. Stay tuned for our weekly vaccine equity segment. Before we get the ball rolling tonight, we have a song to share with you all. Here is Make Me Feel by Janelle Monae. It's like I'm powerful with a little bit of tender and emotional sexual bender. Buenas noches, mi nombre es Bárbara Ramírez, tengo 22 años y soy Associate Producer aquí en Generation Justice. Quiero invitarles a que visiten kunm.org y contribuyan a esta estación de radio pública y comunitaria. Gracias a KUNM, los jóvenes de Generation Justice, tenemos la oportunidad de aprender sobre radio y de traerles segmentos cada domingo a las 7 de calidad para informarlos. Nuevamente visiten kunm.org y hagan su donación hoy. También pueden llamar al número 505-277-4483 y un miembro de KUNM les devolverá la llamada para tomar su donación. Muchas gracias. I would now like to bring in DJ's founding director, Roberta Rael. Thank you, Barbara. It's so exciting to be here this evening, the first Sunday of the Fall Pledge Drive for KUNM. And as you know, for 16 years, KUNM has brought you the voices of young people. And I've had the great, great pleasure and honor to be able to be on this journey with all of you, our faithful listeners, as well as with all of the young people who have come through Generation Justice and have learned incredible skills here at KUNM. You know, KUNM is the only radio station in the state and probably in this region and very few other radio stations across the country have given young people an hour of radio for 16 years. And so, I am just so delighted and I'm so delighted to be able to encourage you to please donate this evening to KUNM. KUNM is our community radio station. It belongs to us. It loves us. It gives us information 
entertainment, amazing music, amazing culture. It fills our lives in so many ways. And so this evening is the evening for us to give back to KUNM. And the way that you can do that is online this evening. You can go to KUNM.org, look for that great big red donate button and donate. And it doesn't matter how large or small your donation is. It is all welcome here at KUNM. Have you heard about the resources that the UNM Office of Compliance, Ethics, and Equal Opportunity offers? They have been serving students and staff at the University of New Mexico for many years now. Tonight, Francie Cordova, UNM's Chief Compliance Officer, and Dr. Angela Katina, UNM's Title IX Coordinator, will talk to us about their mission, their work, and what support UNM patrons can find at their office. Here is GJ member Elijah Cage speaking with Francie and Angela. This is Elijah Cage with Generation Justice, and I'm speaking with Francie Cordova, Chief Compliance Officer for the University of New Mexico, and Dr. Angela Katina, Title IX Coordinator for the Office of Compliance, Ethics, and Equal Opportunity at the University of New Mexico. Uh, welcome to Generation Justice. Uh, would both of you guys uh, please tell us more about yourself and what your roles mean? Thank you, Elijah. Um, I'm Francie Cordova, and I am the Chief Compliance Officer for the University of New Mexico and oversee the Office of Compliance, Ethics, and Equal Opportunity. And that office is an office that has combined two existing offices, so the Compliance Office, which is really responsible for helping the university remain compliant to the more than 250 federal laws that it has to follow, um, and that doesn't include the hospital pieces. Um, and then the Office of what used to be the Office of Equal Opportunity, which oversees all the civil rights components of the university. Um, and that includes investigating claims of discrimination from faculty, staff, and students, um, and also all of the other uh, responsibilities, such as affirmative action plans for the university um, and other compliance roles, such as that. So that's my role. Um, I've been with the university for eight years now and came in as the director of the Office of Equal Opportunity. Um, now that we've merged, I am now the compliance officer, um, and that includes Title IX, which Angela will tell you a little bit about. Um, and really, we want you to think of our office as a resource for the campus, um, somewhere where faculty, staff, and students can come and figure out where something needs to be reported or how they can get uh, supportive measures or services. Um, and that is really um, what we, want you all to take away is, is we're a resource for the campus. Um, I'm also the ADA coordinator for the university, and I oversee and facilitate accommodations for faculty, staff, and students in their workplace. So anyone who has a job at the University of New Mexico, no matter where that is, um, can seek accommodations for their disabilities, whether that be physical or mental health disabilities. Um, so we can talk to you a little bit more about that. So thank you, Elijah. Hi, Elijah. My name is Angela Katina, she, her. I am the Title IX coordinator for UNM. Um, I am originally from Chicago. I came to the University of New Mexico 11 years ago uh, to pursue my PhD in counseling. Uh, during that time, I worked at the Women's Resource Center and Lobo Respect Advocacy Center. 
Um, graduated in 2016 and left, and uh, I was a Sun Devil for about two and a half semester or two and a half years. No one judged me. Uh, I was a professor for a little bit, and you know, really missed UNM and this work. And in 2018, uh, which is almost five years now, uh, in December of 2018, I came back to UNM to be the Title IX coordinator. Um, and in this role, uh, I oversee all five campuses, students, staff, and faculty for Title IX compliance. And um, Title IX kind of gets that that focus nowadays for like sexual harassment and you know those types of uh, discrimination pieces, but really Title IX is discrimination on the basis of sex overall. So that can include um, like, are we accepting more males than females for admissions? Are athletics one team getting better scholarships or more scholarships than another? What does that look like? Um, pregnancy is covered under this. Uh, gender identity and sexual orientation and gender expression are all covered. And those are things that we're seeing kind of on a national platform and that being a really big topic. And so um, in, in addition to overseeing the investigations, I also help with supportive measures, which is something that we can talk about a little bit more, um, but supporting the campus overall in terms of prevention efforts, um, but also ensuring just compliance. And I'm super happy to be here. Thanks for inviting us. Thank you both for letting us interview you guys. Um, I think it's an important thing. As Ms. Cordova said, you guys are a resource uh, and for all the students, faculty, and staff. Uh, it's important that uh, us students especially have uh, as many resources as we can to feel safe and helped uh, and supported. Uh, we'd love to learn more about ADA accommodations and how the office adip, uh, adapted, particularly in the age of COVID. Thank you, Elijah. Um, so I would say that COVID has turned the ADA world on its head in both um, primarily in negative ways, but also in some really positive ways. So um, as you all know, the Americans with Disabilities Act requires that employers and also um, learners have accommodations in their learning space or in their workspace. So for students, in the, as students, if they need accommodations um, in the classroom, they go to the Accessibility Resource Center, which is on campus in Mesa Vista Hall, and they help create accommodations in classrooms such as um, test extensions or you know, maybe learning devices. Um, we do the same thing for students and faculty and staff in their work environment. So student employees, GAs, TAs, et cetera. Um, COVID has provided some challenges and maybe some opportunities in that um, people who did not need accommodations before have needed them now because COVID was so traumatizing for them, either because of what they actually experienced when they were sick and now what they're experiencing and what we're barely learning about now, which is long COVID, which is even when people are no longer positive and no longer are being affected by the initial um, infection, they're seeing rec a recurrence of symptoms or even new symptoms that are coming up again. So um, that might be fatigue, that might be mental health, anxiety, depression. Um, and there's not a lot of studies about it. So the CDC has done some studying and are thinking that maybe one in five Americans are seeing that long COVID. Um, so we're seeing some really high numbers. They just aren't sure why. So that's there's studies that are being done right now. Um, there's a place on campus that we have unique to UNM called Project Echo, and they're doing a lot of studying right now, and you can get on their website to see some of their resources. But some of these 
um, ADA um, accommodations are now focusing on that long COVID. And by the way, the EEOC, which is the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, has now recognized long COVID as a disability. So it's not something that we have to say, is it a disability or is it not? What we have to figure out is how do we actually accommodate it? And if that, that new um, long COVID is causing something like a heart condition or a um, immune system condition that's gonna be long-term, um, that might be something like remote work or remote learning. And one of the benefits I think that COVID may have presented or opportunities is that it actually made employers recognize that they could actually have people work remotely. So I think in the past, that was one of the things that was kind of an unheard of accommodation or a rare accommodation. And now it's something that we all did for months and months, sometimes some of us even years, that we can say, you know what, that can really be an accommodation that we might actually be able to provide either fully or partially for someone's job. Um, so that is something we're seeing a lot more accommodation requests in our office um, because of COVID. Um, and we're really having to explore how that looks for individual jobs. Um, so we really hope that people will reach out to us, um, talk to us about accommodation needs in the workspace um, or even in their um, employee status. And we'll partner with ARC to try to help you get that perfect accommodation to make sure that you don't stop going to school or you don't stop work or you don't stop working. Um, and so that's provided the challenges, but also the opportunities for to, us to think more globally about what work looks like. Um, I think it's an, another important thing that you said research and long COVID. I had just learned about long COVID this summer. Uh, I am also a fellow, a part of the Leaders of Change Fellowship with Generation Justice. Um, and one of the things that I learned this summer was about long COVID. And I've had somebody dearly affected by COVID um, which has led to long COVID. And I think it's an important thing that many people know and learn about long COVID, not just for them, but for those around them and those that they love, because it may not be them that is affected. It may be somebody close to them or somebody around them. And I think it's an important thing that us as students, especially students, because we are the ones going to school and we are the ones learning about certain topics and subjects that we know this information to share with others and for you guys to want to help others know about this certain thing, long COVID. I think it's an important and beautiful thing and I thank you both for that. Um, so why is it important for all UNM students to know about the Office of Compliance, Ethics and Equal Opportunity? Well, hopefully it is not because they personally experienced something traumatic and have to be there um, in our office for that reason. Um, but it's likely that if it's not them, it may be a friend or a fellow student or a parent or a, you know, a, a neighbor and that they're able to share the resources that we can offer to faculty, staff and students. Um, we wanna make sure that people know that there are lots of options on campus and investigation is one option, but it may not be the option they choose. It may be that they just need someone to talk to. It may be that they need a confidential place to, to process. It may be that they need you know, an accommodation. It may mean a whole host of things. Um, and we can assure you that if someone ends up on our doorstep, if it's not us that can help them, we'll get them to the place that can. 
Um, so we really want you all to share our office as a resource so that we can help resource the rest of the campus and try to make UNM the safest place to be and work and learn um, and know that there are a variety of resources that they can access on campus. Definitely, I would echo that. And, um, you know, I think it's really important for students to know about our office because you want to know that we exist before you need to know that we exist. Oftentimes, um, when we're working with people after they've experienced something, they might not be familiar with the resources on campus. They might not have known that we existed. And, um, you know, sometimes people don't know that these things exist on campus until they actually need it. And if you are stressed or you've experienced something traumatic, I mean, we all know what it's like to like go up on a deadline for an assignment or we're studying for an exam. Those last 20 minutes while we're scrambling, it's really hard to do everything at once, right? And so if there is someone who has been traumatized or is really overwhelmed or stressed, we want them to know that information before that time because searching in those moments can add onto the stress. Um, they might not find the right place in time. And so I want folks to know that we're there before we need, before they need it and hope that they don't need it. Um, so then that way it's like, all right, I already know there's no stress in having to find out where I just pick up the phone or I just walk there. Um, so really I want people to know, hoping that they never have to use our office, but knowing that we're here, um, we're another resource just like Loba Respect in some ways, but we're not confidential, like the Dean of Students, like all these places where students can go for resources, we are another place. I just think sometimes because of those investigative pieces, we're also sometimes a scary place. Um, and they might not know that those resources are there. Uh, sometimes we can also go and do trainings. And so if a student is like, you know, my department needs a little bit of awareness around some of these things, or my student group should probably have a little bit of training around microaggressions or things like that. Like we are a resource to be able to work with people and say, what kind of information do you want them to know? Or do you think they need to know? Um, so yeah, I want people to know we're here before they need us. Um, so then that way it's like, oh, cool. I already know Angela. I know Francie. I could just pick up a phone and, and call them. Now, speaking of resources and being that both of you are resources to students, what is your message to UNM students? Come on, Francie. <laughs> well, I would say that being a student is stressful um, and, it's, and it brings so many new challenges, whether it be your first time away from home, it might be, you know, your what you're studying is stressful. It might be that your relationships are stressful. Um, and so we want your our message to be that we have a whole lot of ways and resources on campus that we can support you through what is gonna be a really fun time in your life, but is also gonna be a stressful time in your life. And we know that our students are coming to us as you know, human beings with all the challenges they bring with them, whether that be monetary or um, you know, educational or personal. Um, and there's a whole lot going on on campus to really support you. Um, we have, you know, we're aware 
I think all of us that you know safety is an issue um, nationally and that students might be feeling fearful in their you know where they live or where they work um, and that there's resources and there's ways to report what they might be seeing or what they might be experiencing. Um, we know that people have really high anxiety these days, especially young people, and that you know we, they, there there are resources. I think um, you know not only is Shaka resource, but there is now UNM is now contracted with some online um, assistance to assist Shack workers to really be able to resource students. Um, so there's just a plethora of things on campus, and sometimes you don't know what you don't know. Um, so we really want the message to be that reach out to us. We can share. The things that we know with all of you so that your experience can be positive and that you can feel free to be students um, and not have to be worrying about all, all the things that that you know might you might be experiencing separately on campus so so that's probably the biggest message for me i would start it by saying you belong here um and if people if students struggle to find their place or they don't feel like they belong um reach out because there are so many places on campus for students to find community and a sense of belonging um and sometimes it might be in the most unexpected places and so for students i would say you belong here you do have a community here we might just have to get creative in finding it don't give up on UNM and UNM does not, we won't give up on you. Um, and college is fun, but college can also be hard. Um, and in kind of just the divisive world that we're living in today, college can be a little harder too. Um, but there are resources on campus and everyone that is here belongs here and we want them to stay. And so if anyone is ever feeling as though they don't belong or they're having a hard time, reach out because like Francie said, even if it's not something that our office can address, we know folks on campus who can help support other students who might not feel as though they're belonging. Um, so you belong and we're here to help you along the way. Thank you both for those powerful and meaningful messages. Um, I know me personally, I struggle with asking for help I think many people do and it's not because they don't want help it's because they don't know where to go and I hope that this interview provides uh options for them when they are going through a stressful time because this generation of school learning technology it it does take one uh, a toll on one's mental health and it's important that we know that there are places where we can go that can help us in some sort of way. And I think what you guys are doing is powerful and meaningful um, to all the students, faculty and staff and at UNM. And I thank you both. Um, now, can you remind us about the resources available to students at UNM? I sure, do you want to do it, Francie, or? Go ahead. Uh, and Elijah, if I can just add on to something you were saying right now, too, is it is hard to ask for help sometimes. Um, and one of the things I would encourage students to do is if you are having a hard time asking for help or you're not sure where to go, you can always call our office, too. 
and just, you know, hypothetically, if this was going on, what can I do? Where can I go? Um, you know, they don't have to share their name or any of that information. They can stay completely anonymous on a phone. Uh, we're not going to try to go through a call log and see. I don't even think we have access to something like that. Like, just call us and be like, hey, I don't know, but I do need help. Uh, you don't even need to know where exactly to go. You can call and not even give your name. So then we don't even know that it, it was that individual asking. Um, so we try to make it as open and available for, for everyone. Um, so that they get the help, even if it's not something we can provide. So for those resources, oh, go on, Francie. No, I was just going to add that, you know, as taxpayers and as, you know, your fees are paying for these resources. So, um, you know, I always encourage people to utilize them. I mean, there's so much going on on campus, whether it's career services or whether it's your advisors or whether it's Shack or whether it's um, the resource centers is these things are being funded by taxpayer dollars and your fees that you pay to this university. And it's really important to know that you, you know, you asking for help is you utilizing your money that you're paying to this university. Um, so don't feel like you shouldn't be asking. Um, utilize all the resources that are out there. And right now, as you're coming into campus, all the resource centers that Angela will mention again in a bit are having their welcome back days you know, go and attend them because not only is it free food for all of you guys and free entertainment and stuff, but it is that connection to a resource center or to an ethnic center or to one of the places that might be that one place where you feel comfortable on campus and um, that will kind of be like your second home. And there's tons of them on campus. So go out and experience them and attend all these events because you'll find that community that Angela talked about earlier. So those resources, again, um, Lobo Respect Advocacy Center um, is absolutely a place for students to go. They have confidential advocacy, but in addition to that, they have the Lobo Food Pantry. Um, they can help with um, short-term loans to the Gina Students Office. They can help with academic adjustments, some of those supportive measures, different things like that. So uh, Lobo Respect Advocacy Center is huge. The Women's Resource Center is another really important uh, confidential resource. They also do a lot of prevention work and programming there. They can do safety planning. They also have free counseling and social work services for students. Um, so that's a really great resource. Um, and then we have our LGBTQ Resource Center. They are also a confidential location and have uh, free counseling and can do safety planning as well. Um, and then Vassar House, which is the satellite office located on North Campus, um, and it's part of the Women's Resource Center. They have, um, I believe they have um, an ARC representative there as well for North Campus for ADA accommodations for our students. And um, there's also a confidential advocate there as well. Now, all of these confidential advocates uh, can also assist um, a party, a complainant, we call those who are impacted by um, any type of civil rights discrimination, we call them complainants. Um, those advocates can attend meetings with the party in our office if they wanted to. And so that can be a great resource if they wanted to go through that process too, so they didn't have to do it alone. And then of course we have Shaq. And then non-confidential is all the ethnic centers. So they are so if something is reported to them, they do have to report it to our office, but absolutely um, African-American Student Services, American Indian Student Services, El Centro, um, all of those centers provide a great deal of support to our students um, academically, socially, 
um, absolutely, they're a great resource and, and something that students should definitely check out and, and hopefully become part of. Thank you both for sharing those many resources with us. Uh, and speaking of resources, where can people learn more about the Office of Compliance, Ethics, and Equal Opportunity? And where are you located on campus? Good question. So we are located at 609 Buena Vista. So we are um, just, let's see, what are we just west of Dane Smith Hall in one of the little houses. Um, so it has compliance, ethics, and equal opportunity in front of our building. Um, we absolutely accept walk-ins if people need to talk to us. Um, we also have a website, which we will provide to you, and um, our phone number is 505-277-5251. People can give us a call. Um, so there's a variety of ways you can re reach out to us. We have uh, reporting forms online as well on our website. So if there's specific things you want to report to our office, our website is co.unm.edu, so c-e-e-o.unm.edu, um, and on our website, there are links. You can uh, find a link for reporting, and so um, another thing that's really important for everyone to know is all staff and faculty, so anyone and TAs, RAs, GAs, student employees in their roles, they're what we consider responsible employees. So they have to report any type of Title IX discrimination disclosure that they receive. So that is really important for students to know if they disclose something to their faculty because they're struggling, their faculty have to report it to us. Um, so that's really important to know. And on our website, there is a, a link for reporting. And so people can just go right there and report online. So then this way it's really convenient for them. They don't have to come into our office or wait for one of us to be available for a call or a meeting. We also have links to request training. So those trainings I talked about earlier, they can go on and request one. Um, ADA accommodations, we have links on our website for those as well. And I think we also have links on our website to report hate and bias incidences. Um, and so there are a lot, our website, we are working on um, revamping and having a new one out soon, but there is a bunch of information available on our website and um, it's pretty easy to kind of connect to get any of our services through it. Thank you so much, both of you. Uh, it's been a pleasure uh, meeting both of you guys. And as a first year student at UNM, it's comforting to know that I do have resources and help if I do need it um, and I know where to go. And thank you for letting us conduct this interview um, to help and spread the word to many UNM students and many others. Um, it's been a pleasure. Is there anything else that you guys, both of you would like to add? Thank you for having us. And we hope you all have a great school year. Um, it's it's wonderful to see the campus so crowded again. Um, it's We're really excited to have you all back on campus and absolutely reach out if there is anything you need from us um, and your listeners as well. Um, and, and again, we are happy to come do some additional training and follow up on any particular topic that anybody needs to hear about um, because there is a lot going on in our office and we're happy to share that information and, and, and follow up with any of your listeners who might want some additional information. And I would say um, Title IX is changing soon. Um, it changed three years ago under the Trump administration, and it's changing again 
either this year or next. We're not quite sure when yet um, under the Biden administration. So once that happens, um, we'll be popping out a lot of communication from our office in terms of what those changes are um, and how they're going to impact different, you know, populations on campus. Um, so that's something I welcome a, a follow-up conversation if you all wanted when those came out. Uh, when the regs do come out, there's actually going to be two different sets. One is going to focus on the grievance process. So what does that look like when we respond to the reports that we get? The other one, and this is a new one, and this one is going to be really, 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 really interesting is probably the only way I can put it. They are putting out guidance on trans athletes eligibility. And so that's going to be something new and something that is probably going to be um, a pretty tense conversation from both sides. Um, because what I've heard so far is the trans community and trans activists are saying that the government isn't going far enough. And then you've got those on the other side saying that the government is going too far. And this is going to be the first time that we have guidance on trans athletes and what that looks like. And so when that comes out, there's going to be a lot of communication and a lot of training and awareness around that. So just a heads up. More to come in that area for sure. And also a plug for um, September is National Safety Month on university campuses nationally. Um, and it will be on UNM campus as well. So we will be, we can send you information about the programming we're going to have on campus, which will be everything from, you know, earthquake safety to, to you know, how to do prevention efforts in, in, in the sexual assault space and domestic violence space. Um, September 19th, which is a Tuesday, is our main campus safety walk. Um, and that is uh, usually at, at dusk on, on that day. Um, we would love to have all of your listeners come out and join us. Um, it's kind of a fun event where we will walk the campus and identify areas that might look sketchy. You know, the, the lighting's not good or the blue emergency lights are out or there's some sort of impediment to to uh, being able to access you know, particular areas. Um, and, and we then send it into facilities management so they can fix all that. Um, so we'd love to have you join us. So we'll send you that information um, and all the information that we have for Safety Month as well. Thank you, Francie Cordova and Dr. Angela Katina for coming in today and sharing this useful knowledge, uh, not just for myself, um, but for other students, faculty and staff. And just thank you so much. Uh, for Generation Justice, I'm Elijah Cage. I want to thank you, Francie and Angela, for highlighting all of the amazing support the Office of Compliance, Ethics, and Equal Opportunity offers to those on UNM campus. It is great to know that we students have such a wide array of resources just at our fingertips. I appreciate all the hard work you both do to make this university a better and safer place. Additionally, we wanted to let you all know that the week of the 18th will be UNM Safety Week. You can attend the main campus safety walk, which will be on Tuesday, September 19th from 6.30 to 9 p.m. It will begin in Ballroom C at UNM Student Union Building. Now, our guests have chosen a song to share with you all. Here is Justicia, Tierra y Libertad by Maná. Tierra y libertad 
Welcome back to Generation Justice. Tonight we join in on KUNM's fall fundraising. GJ member Elijah Cage would like to share a message with you all about the support KUNM has given to him and our project. Hello, my name is Elijah Cage. My pronouns are he, him, and his. I am 19 years old and I identify as black and Hispanic and I am a freshman at the University of New Mexico. I've been a member of Generation Justice for five years and in those years, JJ has helped me find my voice and has given me tools and opportunities to grow in a positive way. Without KUNM, this would not have been possible. Being on KUNM Airwaves has helped give me a sense of value and knowledge that I wouldn't have found anywhere else. KUNM has given me and many others the opportunity to take a stand. Please consider donating to the KUNM Annual Fall Pledge Drive. You can visit KUNM.org and click Give Now to make a donation or dial 505-277-GIVE or 277-4483 and leave a message. A KUNM member will call you back to take your donation. Thank you. You just heard Something to Say by Michaela J. To continue with tonight's KUNM fall fundraising, we bring you another message from GJ member Lily Lukow about the positive impact of KUNM. Hi, my name is Lily Lukow, and I have been a member of Generation Justice since 2018. Becoming a member during middle school, such formative years in my life, allowed me to learn so much about myself and begin to understand the world around me from a community-focused and racial justice standpoint. I had never seen or heard of a program like Generation Justice, and to this day, I still haven't, which is what makes places like KUNM so valuable for airing our voices. Donating to KUNM allows for the continuation of uplifting youth pride, resilience, growth, and learning. Please consider donating to the KUNM Annual Fall Pledge Drive. You can visit KUNM.org and click Give Now to make a donation or dial 505-277-GIVE or 277-4483 and leave a message. A KUNM member will call you back to take your donation. Thank you. It's time for our weekly vaccine equity segment. This week, we want to stress that despite the ending of the COVID-19 public health emergency earlier this year, COVID has not gone anywhere. New variants have been popping up and the risk of contraction is still present. Omicron variant EG.5, also known as Eris, is currently the dominant strain here in the U.S. Wanting some advice on how to stay safe during these recent surges? Look no further. Ensure you are up to date with your vaccinations and booster dosages. The new COVID booster that targets variant XBB.1.5 will be available in mid-September, according to the CDC. For more information, visit itstimenm.org. Again, that's itstimenm.org. If you are experiencing COVID or flu symptoms, please stay home and get tested as soon as possible to protect your loved ones and your peers. Please continue to mask while in public or in crowded spaces, and also be sure to improve your indoor ventilation by using fans or opening doors or windows. 
For any further information on COVID-19, mitigation measures, vaccine equity, or even long COVID, you can visit our website, protectyourhoodnm.org. And that's all for tonight's vaccine equity segment. Our earlier guests, Francie Cordova and Dr. Angela Katina, have also chosen the following song to share with you all. Here is Redemption Song by Bob Marley and the Wailers. Redemption songs Redemption songs Emancipate yourselves from mental slavery None but ourselves can free our minds Have no fear for atomic energy Cause none of them can stop the time before we end tonight's program, I want to remind you all to visit KUNM.org and make a contribution. I have been a member of Generation Justice now for six years. Over this time, KUNM has offered myself and other GJ youth the opportunity to hear ourselves represented in media and radio spaces. Without KUNM support to GJ, we would not have the opportunity to reach the ears of our listeners every Sunday. I have grown and learned so much during my time with GJ as a member of our radio team, and for that I am very grateful. I want to remind you all again to please visit KUNM or call 505-277-4483 to make a contribution. Thank you. We hope you've enjoyed this hour of Community Action. We'd like to thank our guests, Francie Cordova and Dr. Angela Katina. Tonight's Hour of Radio was produced by Roberto Rael and Barbara Ramirez, with production assistance from myself, Ariana Cordova. And thank you to our interviewer, Elijah Cage. We want to give a big shout out to all of our youth producers. We could not do what we do without you. Generation Justice would also like to thank KUNM for bringing the voices of young people to you, KUNM listeners. Our website is generationjustice.org, where you can check out all of our multimedia work and listen to our podcasts, which are also available on SoundCloud, Apple, and Google Podcasts. We're also active on social media. Find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and follow our playlists on Spotify. Generation Justice is funded by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation, with additional funding from the Annie E. Casey Foundation, Con Alma Health Foundation, the New Mexico Department of Health Infectious Disease Bureau through the Better Together program, and Office of School and Adolescent Health, as well as the City of Albuquerque, Race Forward, Media Justice, and of course, all of you, who have contributed to our project by visiting our website and clicking Donate. Our opening song is Youth of the Nation by P.O.D., and our last song of the night will be What a Time to Be Alive by Fall Out Boy. I'm Ariana Cordova. Coming up next on KUNM is Spoken Word, so stay tuned and join us next Sunday at 7 o'clock. Good night, New Mexico.